and we're going to believe the Lord to help us over the next few moments. Last Sunday, if, uh, for those of you that was here in, in the sanctuary with us, we were uh, we ministered on the Wayward Church of the 21st century, uh, really a call to repentance, a place where we would awaken and we saw last week where Jesus himself clearly revealed to all who was present at that moment in history as well as all that would read throughout the text of Matthew 16, the powerful truth of why the church was built, uh, why the church is so vital and important today. We know that God chooses to have need of us. He doesn't need us, but he chooses to have need of us. And he chooses to have need of the church that he created and founded, that he is the chief cornerstone of. And he chooses to use that vehicle, if you will, to do what he does in the earth. And today we're going to continue and we're going to talk to you. And I, it may sound a little doom and gloom. It does, I don't mean for it to uh, this morning. Uh, but... I want us to be real and honest this morning with ourselves as well as before God. And uh, if the Lord would help me for a few moments today, a subject matter that we're going to use is we're going to talk to you about America's final warning. America's final warning. But if you have your Bibles with you, Jeremiah chapter number 6, beginning in verse number 16 through verse number 18 for a foundation this morning, I want to revisit this passage of Scripture and I want to lay a foundation as we go together this morning. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. Therefore, hear ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. For a few moments today, we're going to dive into this passage, and for a subject today, America's final warning. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your precious people. And Lord, I pray for the next few moments that you would anoint this vessel to preach that which you've birthed in my spirit today. And we'll give you the praise and the glory forward in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I believe it's safe to say this morning that we are currently living in an era that none of us have ever been. Even those before us in the history of our nation, they have experienced evil. Yes, they have. And they have went through difficult times. Yes, they have. But they have never walked through an era such as this. The radical shift that we are experiencing and have experienced in a short amount of time is unnerving as well as extremely troubling. When we turn to scripture, however, we find, and we're looking for an answer, it doesn't take long for us to come to the conclusion and realize that we are not dealing with just mere wicked, evil men, but we are dealing with what we know to be an antichrist spirit. 
And this Antichrist spirit is something that has been at work ever since we can uh, go back in history and begin to walk forward. However, we know that there is different times and different seasons for everything on the earth. And we find that it is in this season that this Antichrist spirit over the last few years has really been promoting and instigating and bringing into what we know to be lawlessness. Now, when you start looking in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you will find that it says this in chapter 7, or in verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. If you take that word iniquity back into the Greek, you will find that where we get the word iniquity is simply it comes from the word lawless. And we find that what we're talking about in that passage of Scripture, when Paul is writing, he's saying this, only he will let him work to a certain degree at this moment, but there will be a time where there will be absolutely lawlessness. Now, with that being said, when we begin to look at where we are today, all of the hatred, all of the rebellion, and all the resistance towards our foundation is nothing more than a spiritual uprising of the kingdom of darkness. And the basic definition of lawless is the ideal of deliberately or to, delib to deliberately disobey a specific standard. Leon Morris said it this way, it is a way of life that refuses to recognize any divine law. You've heard me say often over the years that when you look at history, you will find that the lowest time of productivity for the nation of Israel and for the people of God was simply when they did that which was right in their own sight. You and I today find ourselves living in America that our forefathers never lived in and even our fathers and grandfathers did not live in because now we are living in an America where everyone is doing that which is right in their own eyes. And therefore, we find ourselves entering into one of the most unproductive seasons of our history. We are no longer respected. We are no longer revealed, revered. We are no longer acknowledged as what we once was since World War II. We are in a state, if I could say it this way, we are in a state of decline. And a rapid decline, may I add. Can I tell you today, we cannot bury our heads in the sand, but like any other time in history when change occurs, if one isn't careful, they can be caught up in the shift that is occurring and become led to believe it's acceptable because everyone around them are engaged. May I warn us today, the people of God, of the dangers that is associated with embracing or engaging in the things that are contrary to the word of God and his law. It was about two years ago in the month of June, the latter part of June in 2021, I stood in this platform and I shared a message called America's Coming Storm. I want to revisit part of that over the next few moments this morning because unfortunately I believe that we are now dealing with a spirit of lawlessness in this world, but unfortunately it has also found its way into the church. Matthew chapter 24 verse number 12 tells us because of iniquity or lawlessness, because it shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. This we are experiencing today 
across our nation, our landscape is cluttered and filled with houses of worship, but most of them are sitting idle or empty this morning with a handful of people. No longer is there a desire or an urgency to be present in the house of the Lord for many. We must sound the alarm concerning this assault that we find ourselves in, in this nation that we call home today. Today, as we stand in this valley of decision, stay with me. We'll go somewhere, I promise. I'm going slow on purpose this morning. But we stand in a valley of decision, and the question that is before us today can no longer be ignored, but it is demanding an answer from all of us in this room. Who will we be? I'm not concerned about anyone else, but who will we be? The church of Jesus Christ. A nation of law and principles that has granted freedom to millions is now hanging in the balance. And you and I are a catalyst that can be used to change the trajectory in which we are currently on. But however, we must become willing to pay the price in this hour for a true spiritual awakening to take place in our nation. A cry of repentance must once again come up out of America And that cry of repentance will not come from the world, but it must come from the church. Please hear me this morning. As we turn to the Bible, we find in the Old Testament passage, it is filled with many lessons for we the Christian today, as well as the one that we read from this morning just a moment ago. You have to realize that Jeremiah chapter number six was written as a final warning to Israel. It was written because of the simple fact that they had continued to rebel against the things of God and the statutes of God and the commandments of God. They simply began to think this, we've got it figured out. We don't need any input from anyone or anything. You and I, I must remind us today that the Bible has been given to us, not just for us to have something laying on our table, but it has been given to us to lead us and guide us and direct us in every area of our, area of our life. We know this according to Romans chapter number 15 and verse number 4, that it was written for our learning. We also know according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 11, it was written for our counsel, our caution, as well as our reproof. One such lesson that we find in Scripture today in the book of Jeremiah, and in the days of Jeremiah, notice was this, it was a time of religious and social turmoil, just like it is today. The nation of Israel had been pulled in many directions, just like you and I are been pulled in many directions today within this nation. They'd become a people who had lost their way, walking in rebellion concerning the instructions that had been given to them by their Lord. We find a loving God issuing a final warning for Jerusalem, informing them of of a coming storm that was due to their rebellion. It was the desire of the Lord, however, to offer them something other than destruction. When you look at this passage of scripture, it was his desire to offer them rest. You find in verse number 16, it says, Thus saith the Lord, stand you in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. They was lawless. Can I tell you today, their unwillingness to awaken caused great destruction. Today I say, God help us to awaken. Notice with me, 
God's desire is for you and I, as well as this nation, to walk in a place uh, where it can fulfill its God-given purpose. But today, we are in a place of disarray. So we have to begin this morning by simply understanding that the first thing that Jeremiah gives us a look at and gives us revelation of is this. God is simply saying, first of all, I need somebody that is willing to ask for the old path. I'm not asking us to go backwards, to go forward. No, but I am asking us to self-examine and to ask ourselves, are we walking in a manner that is bringing glory and honor to the Lord? We've also find that he continues to say, stand in the ways and see, meaning this, there is many ways that is set before us today as individuals as well as a nation. And we find that there's many paths that we can choose. Uh, but the question is, what path will we choose? Because there is not just one path set before us, but today there is multiple directions one might follow. But ask for the old path because the old way is often the best way. Can I tell you uh, that there is roads and uh, avenues and there is things that's been traveled many, many years in our nation. And the reason it's still in existence today is because it is a good way. Uh, it means that it's the best way. It's the proper way to get there. Uh, your little GPS, your, your global positioning system in your car, you can program it to take this way or that way. Uh, but if you leave it alone in its original settings, it will simply pick you the fastest or the best way to get from point A to point B. That's how it's designed. Uh, can I tell you, God has a way set before us uh, that will get us to the place that we need to be. Uh, we have to understand that his way not only is a good way, but it is the only way that leads us into a place uh, of life and peace and rest. Uh, we know this in Jeremiah 7, 22 through 24. Notice the prophet is speaking. He says, for I spake not unto your fathers nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifice. Uh, but this thing commanded I them saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people and walk ye in all the ways that I've commanded you that it may be well unto you. But they hearkened not nor inclined their ear, but they walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart and they went backwards and not forward. Think about it this morning. Today, we, the New Testament church in America, as well as all around the globe, are hearing Jesus making a similar call today. We are not called to be what the world tells us to be, but we are called to be that which God has called us to be. And we find that in Luke 13 and 24, it tells us that we are to strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Uh, this path has a gate that is narrow and not easily entered for there is one and that there is only one way that leads to the Father and that is Jesus Christ our Lord. I know in our culture it tells us that everything is acceptable. Uh, in our culture now we have spiritual leaders if you want to put that in quotations uh, that's telling us that they have found a new and better way uh, that we no longer have to adhere to the basic principles of the Bible uh, because it is viewed as something that's outdated. Uh, but can I tell you this morning, uh, we are in a place today in our nation 
nation where there is an all-out attempt to bring about a halting of our original purpose. I want you to understand with me this morning that we know today that there is another broad way that is before us and it seems like there is many that's going there. But notice, if we are not going to be led into a place of destruction, there is going to have to be a correction brought and we are going to have to become men and women that once again embrace the things of God. It is only the way that Jesus offers that is the good way this morning. For it is the way that offers rest for our soul. Could it be? I asked this question this morning. The reason that we see such unrest within the body of Christ is not due to evil. But could it be that we have sucked to a place where we have began to embrace everything that man has offered and rejected that which God has given and therefore we are walking in rebellion instead of walking in obedience. I just asked the question, but today I must remind us in the book of Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28 that Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. However, the decision to come first results from someone that is willing to submit. Unless there is a submitting heart, there will never be a coming to Jesus. It's one thing to say I know him, but it's another thing to know him in an intimate manner. This morning, can I tell you, Matthew 11 and 29, it still rings true. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Can I tell you, we have a society today that doesn't know who Jesus is, but we also have a church that doesn't know who Jesus is. I know the words of Jesus, our Lord, are considered relatively old and out of date by the world's standard today. But may I remind you that he says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So can I tell you this morning, if you want something that's going to stand the test of time, if you want something that you can hold on to and not have to worry about it decaying, you are going to have to come back to a place where once again you get to the place where you are engulfed in the word of the Lord. What happened to Israel appears to have happened to many other nations as well as currently including our own right now. As described in Jeremiah 18, I can say it this way, we have stumbled. Notice what he says, because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to vanity and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient past, to walk in paths in a way not cast up. The definition of the word stumble simply means this, to fall into sin or waywardness, to make an error in judgment, to walk unsteady or clumsy, to trip in walking or running. God help us not to be stumbling our way through today. Israel stumbled because of the one thing uh, that we read this morning. They had forgotten who their God was. Though God had revealed himself in his will long before and had established a pathway for them to follow, they instead turned from him 
and they simply began to seek out new paths uh, which led them astray. Today, we in America, we have forgotten God and therefore we find ourselves in a place of grave danger. Much like Israel who was given the law of Moses, uh, God established a pathway through Jesus Christ, his son, for you and I today. And it is a place where rest and peace still abounds. Uh, However, if one chooses to ignore this path uh, and begins to walk elsewhere, they fail to enter into the place of rest that Jesus speaks of in his word. This is why we must stand and sound an alarm today. We need the righteous to once again stand up and begin to lead. You say, why is that so important this morning, Pastor Ron? It's because in Proverbs 29, verse number two, we find when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Uh, can I tell you today, there's not much rejoicing going on in our nation. Uh, it is absolutely the opposite. It is chaos. It is uncertainty. Uh, and the reason for it is simply this, is because evil uh, is setting in high places of authority. Uh, but the reason that they are able to operate in the realm that they are uh, is simply because that the church that has the ultimate authority uh, is sitting in a place of silence. Uh, Can I tell you today, may I remind you uh, of what Bonhoeffer once said, uh, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Uh, Not to speak is to speak. Uh, Not to act is to act. Uh, But notice this, God will not hold us guiltless. Uh, The reason that America is in the condition that it is today uh, is simply because uh, we have decided to disengage uh, and simply just come to the house of God on a Sunday morning. Uh, Listen, I am not one that wants conflict, uh, but however, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, We are engaged in a war. uh, Spiritual darkness uh, against spiritual righteousness. uh, And there can never be a coming together. uh, But there has to be uh, a war that is waged. Uh, And you and I today must understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, uh, but they are mighty to God for the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, But the reason that we're dealing with what we're dealing with today uh, is we thought, much like what Israel did, uh, we could Exist. Uh, you will find that Israel's biggest problem was uh, they would come along and they would annihilate all of their adversaries uh, other than the Philistines. They decided they would take this approach. Uh, we will just tolerate them because uh, we can keep them under arms, so to speak. But you understand when you look at history, uh, it was the Philistines that brought them utter destruction. Uh, that which we choose to tolerate uh, is that which begins to be the biggest thorn and the biggest obstacle in our life. Uh, Here's what I want you to understand. Uh, We love everybody uh, and we will honor everyone uh, and we will respect them in a manner that we should. uh, But at the same time, we cannot afford to live in a world that is full of delusion. Uh, We cannot embrace sin uh, just because we want to be accepted. Uh, But can I tell you, we have to speak truth uh, and we have to speak truth in love. Uh, And the word of God uh, is the only word that will set anybody free. You are not doing a service uh, to your family, to your community, or even to your nation for that matter. Uh, when you began as a born again believer, began to say, I'm just going to sit this 
one out. Uh, but you and I have got to roll up our sleeves and begin to understand uh, that there is still something worth fighting for. Uh, and I want you to understand with me this morning uh, that our nation is still worth fighting for. Uh, but we are in a place uh, where we cannot sit uh, in a place of idleness and silence. Uh, but there is a war for the very soul of our nation this morning. Uh, and we come to a place where we have bought into the lies of the enemy, uh, that we can hear our preacher, we can do our worship, uh, and we can go about our lives, but we don't have to really engage into any other arena. Uh, but can I tell you this morning, uh, if somebody doesn't stand up and speak up, uh, you will see a generation uh, overwhelmed by evil on a greater scale than we have ever known. Uh, but I come to sound an alarm this morning. Uh, your children are worth fighting for. Uh, your grandchildren are worth fighting for. Uh, I refuse to be silent in this season, uh, but I gotta tell somebody this morning, uh, we've got to awaken to the reality that God is still who he says he is. Matthew 28 and 20 says, teaching them to observe all things uh, whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Notice we have a responsibility to observe all things, and we are to speak that which he has given to us Notice with me, you and I are in a very important place in history. I will stand and I will make this proclamation. I do not personally believe that God is done with America. But I will also make this statement. If America doesn't awaken, there is judgment at the door. If not, he has to repent for every righteous judgment that he's ever done throughout history. Notice today, the pathways that are set before us, they cannot no longer be ignored and we cannot blur the line, so to speak. But today we need men and women within the body of Christ to become willing to take a stand the pathways that have been given and presented to us as new and improved methods have failed to deliver what God's word says he can deliver. We find that we have a society that is full of restlessness and uncertainty and the church is plagued with it as well. And instead of rest, we find that most are living in turmoil, confusion, and can I tell you, when turmoil and confusion is present, it gives birth to something called conflict. And conflict always sets the stage for war. And war always gives birth to death. There's men and women in the body of Christ as well as those outside of the body of Christ that is headed towards a place of death because of the war that they're engaged in that was birthed because of the conflict that they engaged and encountered because of the elements around them of turmoil and confusion. We must restore the landmarks of our nation today, which in turn means this, we must restore the landmarks of our faith. How does that all begin? It simply begins by once again daddies beginning to take up the mantle of being that which God has called them to be, the priest over their homes. We need to hear daddies pray again. We need to hear mommies sing and worship again. 
we need to hear mommies and daddies praying together again. Please hear me. Our nation was founded much differently than those around us in other parts of the world as well. But we must begin to set up road signs this morning that are warning a people that we cannot continue as we are. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 21, we find this. It says, set thee up waymarks, make these high heaps, set, thee, set thy heart towards the highway, even the way which thou wentest. Turn again, O virgin of Israel, turn again to these thy cities. What are you simply saying is this. You have got to begin to put big warning signs out there and tell them that the way you're going, it, it, you can't, it's not sustainable. Can I tell you today, the way that we're going in this nation is not sustainable. This is not a Republican issue, a Democratic issue. This is about an issue called evil. This is about a demonic kingdom that has set its claws into men and women in such a manner. Can I tell you, for them, those road signs and landmarks was the law of Moses. And they was instructed, if you was to read Deuteronomy 4, you'll find uh, all throughout it that there was clear instructions given to them to keep them to a place where not only did they not repeat errors again, but that they would teach the next generation. But we find that we, as men and women today, we also have been given landmarks. We have been given things that God has threw out the word of God that tells us that we are to walk in a manner that brings glory and honor to him. This morning, it is still the old path that brings freedom from sin. It is still the old path that takes us from a place of guilt and provides us with inner peace and tranquility even in the midst of an outward turmoil world around us. But however, due to the unwillingness to awaken and repent in America, we are quickly entering into a time of righteous judgment, I believe. Please hear me. Much like in Jeremiah's day when the Lord set watchmen over them and instructed them to hearken to the sound of the trumpet, he has said in this hour, prophets, and oftentimes they're been ignored. Today I stand and simply speak a word of warning. I don't come with a big message today. Not just to the nation, but to the church of Jesus Christ. We must arise from the places that we are. And we must acknowledge that we have become wayward children. Who have abandoned the Father's house. And we have fallen into a place where we have contaminated our garments. And we must begin to cry out with a cry of repentance. I know this isn't a shouting message this morning, but there is a storm that is brewing like we have never saw in our nation. I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning. Evil is at the door and let us cry loud and let us return to the landmarks of our faith. I stand here with boldness today and I declare to you that we're in a place where we must uh, walk upright before man and before God without fear, but we must stand in a place of authority. As I shared with you last week, God has given us the keys to the kingdom. We have the ability to loose and we have the ability to bind. If we choose to do neither, we are choosing to allow the enemy to have his way. That which the enemy thought he has been permitted to do and to complete in this moment, I believe, can be stalled and stopped if we will stand and awaken. 
At the beginning of this year, I shared with you that I saw three waves, and I believe those three waves was three great moves of God that God was bringing to our nation this year. We saw one of those waves happen, and it began to happen through our young adults. It happened through Asbury and other, many other, like 20-some other colleges in our nation. But we find that that which was beginning and getting ready to be birthed, that which was getting ready to bring about a national revival, was abruptly shut down. Things are beginning to be exposed about it, and we find out that what really happened was this, that, and this is not speaking ill of anyone other than the fact that we began to approach this thing from an intellectual standpoint instead of a spiritual standpoint, and it got us in trouble very quickly. God was moving a little bitty town in Kentucky where there's nothing. Nearly 100,000 people had came up on it and was going and getting ready to go on to a whole different level than it had ever been when all of a sudden it immediately got shut down. I believe that was the first wave that God showed me. But that wave began to be shut down immediately and we found out why. Because of the simple fact someone in high authority, someone that does not want to acknowledge God, someone that does not want the church to be relevant in society, begins to get together with their team and there was a letter that was sent out to every school in the state of Kentucky and it began to spread falsehoods that there was measles outbreaks all throughout the land in that area and if they continued it was going to be a bigger pandemic than it was than COVID was and therefore we find that men shut it down that was not something that we can take lightly my friend what I'm saying to you is that America is in a place where they're getting ready to experience some very dark things if we do not come back to the landmarks of our faith. Listen, I am not one that is full of doom and gloom today, but I will stand here and tell you that on March the 23rd, 1775, Patrick Henry was standing and he understood freedom in such a manner. And he simply said this, and I know there's some debate on whether he said it exactly like this, but it's recorded in history that this is what he said. He said, give me liberty or give me death. And it's ironic that where he said this, we was standing in St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia, when he stood and he said those words on March the 23rd, 1775. What he was simply saying is this, if we do not have freedom if we do not have liberty we don't have anything worth having and can I tell you today when I look at the look at the nation today if we don't have freedom then we don't have anything worth having when I look at the church within America if we don't have freedom we don't have anything worth having and what I would say this and this is not a is this is not a mean-spirited statement but this is a true statement today is that when I look across the congregations of America and I've had the privilege to travel in many places uh, but when I look across the congregation especially in America I see men and women that while they say they love Jesus and I believe they do but they're living in chains of bondage because they have yet to experience the real freedom of God and because of that condition of the church within America we now have an America that is simply overran by a kingdom of darkness this morning please hear the word of the Lord the Lord would say to us today, I've not given you a spirit of fear. We have been given power. What kind of power? 
Power to go into all the world. Power to cast out devils. Power to speak with new tongues. Power to bind. Power to lose. Power to lay hands on the sick. And power to advance the kingdom. How much of that power are you utilizing today in your life? Oh, that's for everybody but me, preacher. No. It says, for all that will call upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. We also know this, that he did not leave us comfortless, but he left us uh, with the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, where we could walk uh, in a manner where we could execute uh, the, the dominion and the power that God has given us. So what does America need today? It doesn't need another politician. It doesn't need another election. It doesn't need, a, no, 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 no. It needs men and women of God that will stand in the forefront and will begin to take on the responsibility that God has given them. What is that responsibility? First of all, it is to seek the Lord with all of your heart and all of your might. It is also something for you and I to understand that this world is in need of someone to step up and lead. And you and I are those that God is calling to lead. For such a time as this, you and I are present in this world today, not just to fill up space, not just to be here to sing a song, not just to hear a message, not just to preach a message, but we are to be the hands and feet of Christ. We are to be found uh, in every avenue that we can be. Can I tell you today, not everybody's called to preach, to be a preacher, but some people are called to be other leaders in other capacities. Uh, so what I'm saying today is let us not sit and complain about how bad it is if we're going to continue to say disengaged, uh, but we need some godly men and women on city council. Uh, we need some godly men and women to be mayors of cities. Uh, we need some godly men and women to be in higher education. Uh, listen, I understand the struggle and I understand the stress, uh, but we could not allow every teacher that's been uh, teaching for 35 years to say, I can't do it anymore, that has a godly background. Uh, but we need to raise up some young men and women that says, you know what, I will go take their place. Uh, listen, uh, I'm all for Christian education, but we could not abandon the school system. Uh, but we need men and women of God in the school system uh, because we've got to take authority over it. Uh, listen, if you just take little Johnny and put him where Johnny wants is safe, that's fine. I understand that. Uh, and I'm all for that to a certain degree. But at the same time, what about the other 50 little Johnnies that doesn't have any influence at all? Uh, can I tell you today, we have got to engage in this uh, fight that we find ourselves in. Uh, I know I'm not preaching a shouting message this morning, uh, but I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Uh, because can I tell you what we're dealing with as a lawless generation. Uh, nobody wants to accept responsibility Everybody wants to do their own thing. But I want you to hear me today. There is an iniquity that is amongst us. And it is an anti-Christ spirit that is trying to keep you silent. That's trying to keep you in a place of disarray where you are not able to focus on what God has called you to. But can I tell you, I read in my Bible where he simply says, do not give thought about what you will say no matter where you're at. Because there will be a day where you will stand before kings and leaders and I I will fill your mouth. Uh, if there's ever been a day and an hour that somebody needed to get along with God uh, and be filled with the Holy Ghost uh, and will become willing and put on the mantle uh, of obedience and say, God, I'll go stand before whoever you want me to stand uh, and I will not back down, but I will stand to declare uh, that this is the day of the Lord. Uh, can I tell you what I need is somebody to be up uh, able to be like Daniel that says, you know what? I will continue to pray when they say I can't pray. Uh, I need a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to say we're not careful to answer thee, O king, but we will stand in the face of whatever you build and we will decree and declare that our God is still more than able.
people. Can I tell you, I refuse to be silent this morning, but I want to tell somebody that I'm still going to fight for America because America still has a mandate upon her and is simply still to go and to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth and the enemy's trying everything he can in this moment to get us to a place where we cannot proclaim that Jesus is Lord. But I tell you, it's time to awaken and arise and become the prophetic voice that God has called you to be. Get rid of the stuff that's getting you to a place of distraught, but get to a place where God is filling you with the power and the anointing of his Holy Spirit to be the voice that you need to be. This morning, we are dealing with some very real issues and these issues could not be ignored but the people that are leading is people that has adopted a familiar spirit instead of the Holy Spirit please hear me you say is it really disturbed it really disturbs me when I began to look at what's happening amongst generations because of our silence I'm not going to beat up on any particular group of people today. But I will tell you this, this morning, that because of our silence, we are seeing Generation Z be overran like any other generation that we have seen. More than the millennials, more than, more than anything. It's unbelievable. When you start looking at statistics, can I tell you, there is a movement in our nation right now concerning gender. And this movement is attacking and focusing in on children. And there's a reason for it. Because for years now, for many years in our nation, this movement has always tried to gain traction, but no matter what they've done, it's always been roughly 1% to 2% of the population that even identified remotely in that sector. It seemed like it never could gain traction. It never could. People would just do what they do, and if an adult man or adult woman decides to live in a certain way, that's their prerogative. That's their choosing. But when you start touching children, it's a totally different thing. But when you start polling generations, you'll find that marriage between a man and a woman is something that's always been celebrated. It's always been something that has just been part of the identity of America. But recent polling shows us with, with, with Generation Z, that one, two, three percent number is now no longer one, two, or three percent, but it is closer to 20 percent of Generation Z now is identifying as that we may be part of that movement. Now, a lot of that has to be with cause it seems popular because of you got Hollywood figures and others that try to promote certain things and it's the end thing to do. But never before in America's history have we had a generation that 20% of a generation nearly says, oh, that's who we're going to be. Can I tell you, that is not acceptable. Because you will find that most of those 
that began to dabble in that and they're now is telling us that has happened in other generations that by the time of 14, 14 and a half years old, they've decided that's not who they want to be. But now we're starting at such a young age, we're starting to get our children at such a young age trying to indoctrinate them. Can I tell you, when you get a generation that confused, it will affect what that nation is able to accomplish. You and I cannot sit on the sidelines any longer, but we must engage. And we engage by bringing the message of hope to a lost and dying world. This morning, it's not something that's a million miles away from you and I, but it's next door. It's in our families. The state of confusion is running rapid. What am I saying today? is that we are in a place today where we desperately need a spiritual awakening to begin at the house of the Lord that will begin to filter into the streets of our cities, our community, and overwhelmingly flood our nation. But it will not happen unless somebody's willing to go back and listen to the prophet Jeremiah and simply say, stand in the ways and seek the old path and walk therein. Right now, not only do we have a world that is in sin, says we will not walk there, but we have men and women that are identifying as Christian that says we will not walk there. God, help us this morning. When we begin to walk in a state of rebellion against the commandments and structures of God, here's what we're doing. We're embarking on becoming men and women that are living our lives in a state of lawlessness. And when we begin to walk in that state of lawlessness, what we're doing is we're walking in a manner where we're allowing an antichrist spirit to control our lives. And then we wonder why we have no victory, no joy, no peace, and no rest. Please hear me as I bring this to a close this morning. There is no peace and there is no rest outside of Christ and his statues and his laws. You want to be victorious? You want to be filled with life? You want to experience joy and peace? You will find it by walking in accordance to the word of the Lord. I'm not talking about the traditions of our fathers, no. I'm talking about the fundamental truths of his word. You and I today have a great opportunity to usher in one of the greatest moves of God that the world has ever known. We have one of the greatest opportunities. But the question is, what will we do with it? Will we sit on the sidelines and watch America become an ash heap? Or will we become a generation that awakens? You say, how is it so necessary for us to do and to become engaged most of you probably are aware or remember the story of Esther. She's chosen to be queen because of her beauty. The king falls in love with her and she's positioned in a place. And all of a sudden there begins to be evil arise. It begins to make a degree to destroy her people. Mordecai, you find sitting in a 
ash heap, sackcloth and ashes. He begins to send word. And she says, but what am I to do? And his response is something that's powerful. He says, do we not know? Maybe, possibly, you've been chosen for such a time as this. But he was simply telling her that If you choose not to engage, know this, that God will spare his people and he'll use someone else. But you and your family and your people might utterly be destroyed. The evangelism of the world will take place if we as America choose to sit idle and do nothing. It'll come from a different place, but it may come with great destruction and death to us as a nation. This morning, a sinner is going to do what a sinner does. He's going to sin. Evil is going to do what evil does. It's going to promote evil. But the church of Jesus Christ in this nation, please hear me. We have a responsibility, and that is righteousness. And you and I, our righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags, but when we're with Christ and he's with us, we can begin to walk in a place of authority where we can begin to break strongholds in our nation. This nation today needs you and needs me to be men and women of God that once again will lay between the porch and the altar, put on the garment of sacrifice, begin to fight the good fight of faith. There's the generation that is hanging in the balance this morning. We can sit and say, oh, it's bad. It's dark. It's this or that. But what will you do? What will I do? Sister Georgia put in my hands two weeks ago a wonderful book a letter to the American church thank you so much for it nearly completed it I've always been attracted to Bonhoeffer's story and Bonhoeffer went to the stake for the gospel of Jesus Christ during World War II gave his life He worked diligently. He worked diligently to try to get people to awaken in Germany. They had a hard time seeing what was coming. They just couldn't fathom that it could ever get that bad. They thought, well, if we just keep hanging out our flags and We just become patriots and we just be good citizens. Everything's going to be all right. This thing will blow over and we'll go back through the cycle. It it, it won't be, it's not going to be as bad as maybe Bonhoeffer and others are saying. Roughly at that time in the the 30s, there's about 18,000 Lutheran pastors. Roughly 3,000 of them began to stand on the side of right with Bonhoeffer and 
began to say that we're, we're not going to allow the state to dictate us. We're not going to be part of that, but we're going to stand and we're going to stand for Jesus Christ. And almost immediately about 3,000 went to the other way and they become pro-Hitler because they didn't want to be, they didn't want to upset. They didn't want to ruffle. They didn't want to make any waves. And therefore they took out their flags and they hung it in their buildings and all of those things, much like what you're seeing today. Luther and some of the others that paid a great price for what we have today, they would, as the old saying would go, they'd roll over in their grave if they saw what was going on because standing in the very platforms that they, they worked for and gave their lives for, now you have ministers standing with robes with sashes of rainbow colors and it's not because of the promise of that God gave to his man but it's because to embrace this new ideology that's been presented but in this book the writer articulates so clearly that he said the 3,000 here and the 3,000 there it left about 12,000 in the middle and they was they was just wanting to be they just wanted to they didn't want to cause too much commotion they didn't want to get too engaged in the political arena and all those types of things we're just going to preach the gospel that's kind of their approach we're just going to preach the gospel but here's the sad reality if Bonhoeffer and those that was with him could have got maybe 5% 10% of that 12,000 Hitler would have never been able to do what he did but because 12,000 just wanted to go along to get along you often hear people say 6 billion Jews slaughtered it's more closer to probably 9 million lost their life They never could see that, oh, I know we're in a dark season, we're in a troubled season, we're in a different season, but we'll never see our Jewish friends get on boxcars and go to death camps. But that's exactly what history tells us happened. There are probably those of you under the sound of my voice in this room and those on the internet said, oh, I understand it's dark, preacher, but it's really not that bad. Why do we, what do you mean it's our last warning? Can I tell you, we're fast-tracked heading to a place that's so dark that we can't even see and we don't want to acknowledge it. We're quickly coming to a place where if a man wants to stand in a platform and speak contrary to anything that's been said that in prison will wait him. It's already happening. We find that if anyone begins to stand and speak up against the evil that has so methodically been presented to us that they are becoming silenced. And I'm not just talking about men and women in the church, but that is coming very quickly. But we're finding that there is no length that this antichrist lawless spirit will go to achieve what it wants to achieve that's why you're seeing in the natural such political unrest and upheaval 
and such chaos taking place and why you see so many things happening. Can I tell you, this is a war that can't be fought naturally, but this is a spiritual war. And we need the leading of the Spirit. We don't need a touch of the Spirit. We need the full impartation of the Holy Spirit in our lives to have wisdom and knowledge. This morning, can I tell you, if you won't do it for yourself, do it for the generation you gave birth to and give it to the, do it for the generation that they've given birth to. Yes, let's preach the gospel. But more importantly, let's be the gospel of Jesus Christ and let's touch a world. Because America needs us. The nations of the world needs us. We cannot continue. We must awaken and realize that much like with Esther, we're going to have to make a choice. She said, it's not my time to go in, but if I go and he doesn't want to receive me and death can come to me. But notice she went to a place of prayer and fasting and had others praying and fasting with her for three days. And when she went and presented herself to the king, we find that the golden scepter was raised to her. He favored her. I'm a firm believer of this. If the church of Jesus Christ will awaken to its responsibility, not only will we walk with the favor of God, but men will have to once again begin to favor the church of Jesus Christ, not even knowing why. But we will be given passage and we will be given a voice that can change the course. And I firmly believe this, that which the spirit of Haman is building today, I believe Haman can hang on it tomorrow instead of us. But we have to engage as we stand all over the house this morning. Help us this morning. I don't want you to be shaken in mind or be troubled, but I want you to be awakened this morning to the fact that we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to be the church that God has called us to be for such a time as this. It only happens, as the late David Wilkerson said, we need to experience a spirit of anguish again. Our hearts must begin to once again be broken for the broken and we must once again begin to be motivated to reach. that the world has abandoned.